0: What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Today, special treat. We are going live from Industry City in Brooklyn, New York. Before I bring my guests on, the message of the week, you had a kick out of this. If they build it, no, fuck, I fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Hey, he, it's his fault. If you build it, they will come.
1: Yes. Fuck.
0: fuck. It's been a while since I watched Field of Dreams. I got confident. I was happy. We, we're in Fort Hamilton Distillery. In industry city in brooklyn he's given me three drinks already it's gonna be as dave chappelle said it's only gonna get worse from here Exactly. welcoming back to the show alex clark he is the proprietor of this fabulous new distillery and tasting room in industry city if you don't know anything about industry city look it up it's this crazy complex along brooklyn's waterfront and alex here has infiltrated it Uh, the long story we'll get to that we have uh we have some time to unpack that but this is the second time on the show we uh we had him on for a segment when everything first shut down uh talking about uh b2b operations because as a producer he supplies uh many local restaurants and bars and and, uh and liquor stores i can think of a few yeah um there's just one on prospect Off called juice box ones and spirits good spot restaurant called Della where uh his his booze is featured in a number of cocktails good those are the only a yes. couple I can think yep. of off the top of my head those are the
1: ones we need to talk about today <laughs>
0: <laughs> two of the best yeah welcome back to the show thanks for having me yeah. Jeremiah. so again we're live in uh his new tasting room uh check out his social media if you want to really see like a lot of the the cool stuff that he's been doing here it's a beautiful beautiful space it's really <laughs> awesome and it's so fun to do shows live again in person as opposed to sitting remotely, remotely like we did yeah. last time it kind of sucks so things are getting back to normal here um so you know i mentioned in in the social media promo for this like i've kind of watched this go from like just discussion this brand from yeah. like infancy to, like it was the little sperm still when we first when we first met
1: it sure and uh, you want to describe it, my it is journey now, <laughs> like that? That's fine
0: it is now <laughs> swam all the way through and you have um you have some really great products here uh some some single and double barrel bourbons and rise and we'll talk about that in a minute we won't reveal that not just yet top secret um you know it's it's funny because you hear a lot of people these days talk about i want to start a business i want to do this i want to do that and like you and i have actually we've actually done it we've actually like (laughs) sat and pondered and and drank (laughs) and, and like cried and come up with these Lame brain, far fetched ideas, and like actually put them in, in into effect, which is a feat in and of itself. It, it, it
1: is, and I think that your your um you know, your tolerance for risk, you kind of got to negate at some point, right? Because that's the thing. If you were worried well, that, that's about where what the food, alcohol comes, you, in. yeah, exactly. No coincidence we both have alcohol related businesses. <laughs> if you were worried about the 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 consequences of doing such a thing and then you would never do it right like because there are you know many ways it could all go wrong horribly horribly way. wrong
0: and we'll talk about some of those oh ways sure we will as this we've both on.
1: got scars to prove it i yeah. think right
0: so like initially what was like because you know i talked a lot about uh my own journey but like for you um you know what what were you thinking
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i wasn't and i think that's the thing right if you think about it too much you'll never do it so it's a question of not thinking and actually just getting up there and, and giving it a go. Um, but I think you have to understand that the nature of the business, too. So I did learn a lot from working at Widow Jane and launching that brand. And, um, you know, realize that, hey, you know, the the, the biggest part of what, what I do really is, is, is in many ways is sales, right? So there is no whiskey brand unless you're selling whiskey. Like You can make a beautiful brand, but if it's not moving, then you don't have a business. So. You know focusing on that, I knew that we, we, we knew our way around that world. Um, and that's we had developed relationships with people such as yourself, Juice Box, Della, other great liquor stores around town. And you only have to say it three more stores. times, and, ah, yeah. and you get paid. <laughs> so, you know, you we have 45 we, more minutes. So. We, we had these relationships in place already to an extent, but we didn't have uh, a brand to present to them, so it was like, okay. Well, what do we want to do? And rye whiskey was was my focus because um, it's the original whiskey of America. It's the original whiskey of New York. And we wanted to to bring it back and put it up on its pedestal as the king of the American whiskeys, which is what it was until Prohibition killed all the distilleries in, in the Northeast of America and all distillation started focusing down in Kentucky where they're making corn whiskey, corn being heavily subsidized by the government. Um, very difficult to bring rye whiskey back to life after that point because you know basically whiskey doesn't cost anything to make when it's uh, the raw material is so yep. subsidized so um but we're too stupid to to, to make corn whiskey so bourbon's the biggest whiskey in america obviously when
0: you say we're trying to bring it back do you mean like
1: the british or <laughs> yes I'm just pointing out exactly the right. obvious. Well, and it's funny because you said that I had infiltrated Industry City earlier, which I thought was an interesting adjective to use. I told you. It's only going to get worse. <laughs> obviously, Fort Hamilton is a brand that's based on the history of, of uh, Brooklyn and the Revolutionary War, the Battle of Brooklyn, which technically the British won. So, you know. <laughs> Um, but, you know, what, what we're really trying to do is, is, is establish uh, the, the point that New York whiskey is the oldest whiskey in America, and it goes all the way back to Revolutionary War times. And yes, I am English. So there is an irony there, um, which isn't lost Watch on him. many people. Watch him. <laughs> but there's, like, uh, there's a cannon on his label. Yes, yeah, I know. Be ready. Don't Te- be, just don't be surprised when it happens. Technically, that cannon represents the cannon that was stolen by Alexander <laughs> Hamilton's Hearts of Oak Militia from the British and then turned around and used against them. So, you know, that's front and center.
0: And now he's flipping it and he's he's Yeah, I'm coming
1: back through the back door. He's
0: softening us up- Taking it back. With rye (laughs) and bourbon. um, And he's just gonna get us completely (laughs) sauced. Something like that. take it all back. Steal it
1: all in the middle of the night.
0: Not for nothing. We're not far from the base. Just pointing out-
1: We're not. We've had-
0: Waterway right here.
1: We've had the garrison commander of the Fort Hamilton army base through several (laughs) times. That's awesome. Yeah, he's a friend and uh we get a few people up from the base uh doing tours and tastings of and of course and having a good time And we actually were on the base a couple of weeks ago doing a cigar and whiskey night nice hispanic heritage was, night. Was, was brian bodnar anywhere nearby he was not no that right. guy's still upstate though yeah, isn't he? i know but he, yeah. he, he, he'll he'll surface for things
0: like that yeah he's into it yeah.
1: oh that's right he, did he was that shaman
0: right yeah, yeah yeah Cigars for years so yeah, yeah. um you you made an interesting point about how you, you had the sales portion down, you had the you had the, the channels of distribution kind of unlocked up but no product yet. Mm-hmm. Most people start the other way. So you kind of deconstructed the process. Most people are like, hey, I make really good cookies. I wanna I wanna open a, a
1: bakery and right. like they don't know shit about running a bakery sure. <laughs> like that's, you know how to make cookies, but like that that's true. Um, but the other thing is that cookies you make them one day, you sell them the next, whereas whiskey You make it one year and you sell it four years later. Mm -hmm. So it's it's even trickier in a way to to get something to market. Um, And it's time consuming process. But I think the biggest mistake that people make is not focus on branding first and not focus on how it's going to get out in the market. Because, um, you know, I think people paint themselves into a corner. Like if you make a package and you're like, this is it. This is where it's at. But then you you start thinking about... Later, you start thinking about, well, what what is the market? Where is this going? How is it going? How are we growing this? It's too late. Your package is already there. Your message is already out there. And you might have missed the point, potentially.
0: So where where did this focus on on branding start for you i mean i remember <laughs> drinking in your basement like, that try, was it try that, and, that was the day trying <laughs> trying and, try and samples and and we talked a lot about branding back then and cool. which is funny because i it, in hindsight i'm like i don't know shit
1: about branding but we talked about it a lot yeah we did um and actually in the backyard of my house is mm-hmm. where the, the plan was hatched and many many a silly whiskey name was banded around over a a beer and some barbecue. I, I
0: participated in a couple yeah, you of did. those.
1: Yeah, you were there. Um, and there was a, a long list of names, most of which completely sucked uh, in hindsight. And the problem is that actually all names suck until you do it, right? Until, until they start making money. Yeah, until they start making money. <laughs> Oh, this actually isn't I actually really like stupid. this name now. <laughs> yeah, this name's okay. Um, but certainly when you're naming a whiskey brand, you've got to think about, um, uh, you know, what else is out there, you know, what, how do you get your story across in two or three words, right? Like, so the Widow Jane story was, oh, Widow Jane mine, water from mm. upstate New York, boom, easy peasy. You know, Fort Hamilton, revolutionary New York, uh, rye whiskey, you know. And um, and we should point out, too, it's also the name of the train station well, that's, where we all live, where these that's where it came from, horrible plans were
0: hatched. I, I would,
1: <laughs> you know, go bartend uh, to make ends meet whilst waiting for my whiskey to get tasty. And on my way home from on the subway at one in the morning, two in the morning, I scribbled out whiskey names furiously and get off at Fort Hamilton Parkway with a list of <laughs> terrible names. And this and whole go, time, it was it's right in front my face. Of you. Yeah. And I was like, "What is Fort Hamilton? What, what is this cool name all about?" And you know, it turns out that's where the Battle of Brooklyn started. I mean, as
0: a Brit, you should know that, didn't they teach this in history class yeah, when you were? You dead? know what?
1: They generally we don't talk much about <laughs> Revolutionary War. In America, believe it or not, World War One, World War Two, absolutely yeah. all day long. We don't really we kind of gloss over the, the late seventeen hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah, from uh, yeah certainly from a British point of view, we feel like it was a close shave and we got out just in the nick of time. That's generally how it's perceived over there. <laughs> You're just mad because you lost the cannon.
0: Of course, it um, was back to our serious conversation. Yeah, um,
1: deadly serious.
0: So, um, you know. One of my mentors uh, and one of my first bosses, uh, he's built a, a sizable restaurant empire, and he talks about the name a lot. Like your name should be very indicative of what you are. Like you have to be careful with some of these names, like Della. <laughs> it don't mean shit unless unless you know it doesn't tell a story. You know, like that. that right. It, it, that you you fall into this trap. Now, fortunately, we focus on like being intimate with people. So we have the opportunity to tell a story. Sure. That's if you're going to do that, that's OK. But I, I think you made a very good point that just in like two or three words, you need to be able to tell people what the hell you're really about. It needs to come across quickly I and mean, then possibly like a tagline somewhere in there, too. That's also like two to three words. Yeah, people get it. Like in that instance, it's like, OK, I know what I'm dealing with here. A lot of the mystery has been removed because there's tons of friction I mean, there's competition. There's like so many things. CTV. We'll talk about that shortly. Mm-hmm. Too. Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> don't worry. They're not um. listening. Nobody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think that is really important. That you, you really, you just make life a little bit easier for yourself when you focus that way. So a number of things you pointed out already that are just huge. If, if there actually is anybody listening, and you, you are, you know, an entrepreneur or a business owner, you want to be like. Think about your channels of distribution. What does sales look like? If you know, I say it all the time. If a tree falls in an empty forest and nobody's there to hear it, does it make sound? Like I know that's deep for you. Just, just <laughs> wow. We're about to take a break. More whiskey. Anyways, it's just like if nobody hears, if nobody's there to hear you. You know, hear your noise, or you you can't
1: reach them. What. What do you have? You've got a shiny little box. Right. You've got a pretty little package, and that's kind of it. Yeah. So there's a lot of you know angles that you kind of have to attack uh, from the get-go. Right. Um, and I think that the naming is 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 key, it's uh, huge. certainly for for a whiskey brand where people are going to be talking about it in a bar or a restaurant setting, um, and you want people to be able to share that story quickly and efficiently. Um, but not for nothing, you also need to make sure that it's a name that is trademarkable, mm. um, and that's something that we. Um, had uh, a run-in with earlier on in our inception. The, the original name uh, for, the, for the business was uh, a Brooklyn formative name. And, you know, geographical locations are hard to trademark. Yeah. And so people tried to chase us off of that mark. And, and ultimately, we were in the right, they were in the wrong, and we ended up getting money uh, paid oh, to cool. us to, I was say, it to help the, launch the business. wasn't the
0: U.S. Army, by chance. It wasn't, wasn't like,
1: No, I mean, the trademark law is an interesting one. It's basically about the channels channels of distribution that your product uh, trades in. Right. So unless the U.S. Army suddenly starts to make booze, Fort Hamilton is not going to be trademarkable for them. Um, but, uh, you know, so, um, yeah, we, we had a run in there. I know a friend of mine who started up a company doing uh, uh, men's cosmetic stuff Uh, he um, launched and then got in a trademark dispute and all the hard work he'd done disappeared because he had to stop selling under that name and the name that you have is the value of your company really it's all about intellectual property Um, so yes you've got to do sales but ultimately down the road how is your company valued and your company is valued according to brand recognition name recognition and if you don't have your ip locked up And your trademark's tight, then you're in trouble. So, um, yeah, yeah. take that one to the bank, kids. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're
0: going to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. Sip some whiskey. Hang tight, everybody.
2: Are we sipping whiskey? Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business
0: owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday.
1: over there.
0: All right, we're live. He's yelling at his secretary.
1: Thanks. Live from co-founder Fort
0: Hamilton Distillery in Industry City in Brooklyn, New York, right on the waterfront, not far from the actual Fort Hamilton base. Alex here has got plans. Joining me today again, Alex Clark. Which uh, I call you a partner then <laughs> in, in Fort Hamilton. Co-founder. <laughs> co-founder. Yeah. Okay. I, am I a co-founder too? Because I spent all those times. You, to- you drank a lot of whiskey in
1: my backyard. In that case, is that all? There's is a that lot that of co-founders. Yeah, exactly. out there.
0: Millions, probably. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're here in his his gorgeous new facility in Industry City. How long have you been here for?
1: Um, we signed a lease here probably two and a half years ago. Okay. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Gotta ask his secretary. Yeah, um, two and a half years. No, it's it's absolutely right. Which seems incredible because. Um, you know, you've only been open three weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, we've only been open a few weeks because, um, you know, there was a pandemic. Apparently, yeah. so Little rumor has it. We talked about some pitfalls to watch out
0: for uh, in the first segment about branding, um, particularly uh, trademarking. Um, but yeah, there there are bigger bigger fish in the sea that could that could scoop you up. So you signed two and a half years ago. When was your Slated like opening
1: last March, (laughs) March of 2020. 2020. Did
0: something happen? Something happened
1: to tell. Well, apparently, the pandemic happened, and not only did we not get to open our apparently, are you one of those
0: naysayers? You're like, no, 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 no. didn't happen. No, no, it happened. It, It
1: happened. Um, so we, um, we had. Built the tasting room with a view to getting it open uh, last summer, summer 2020 or spring, spring summer 2020. And I was going to leave my bartending job in the city, which had helped, you know, pad our income whilst building which is a, a supply chain of whiskey. Another
0: really good point, right? Is like a lot of people are like, I'm going to quit my job and open my own business. Oh, like yeah.
2: Oh.
1: Depends on the business, I suppose. Um, but I don't think quitting your job is generally the right move. For ninety nine percent of people, um, I it certainly wasn't the right move for me. But I, I'm in a business where um, inventory is extre- extraordinarily expensive and time consuming to make. So for the last five years, after leaving the other distillery, it was like let's let's focus on building a supply chain of whiskey, growing our relationships with local uh, retailers, such as yourself, um, in a sustainable. Uh, a steady manner not just blow it out and open as many accounts as we could Right, could have Could've done that in year 1 could have opened a ton of accounts and you know then you have to back it up with more whiskey i was going to say three months and, in you're going to have no and, booze yeah you're have no mean, you booze. have no booze no sales yeah no sales um, you don't you know you might have a bit of extra income because of the extra inc- uh, sales that you've made but you're not putting quality product out on the market and we have been extraordinarily focused on releasing quality products and i think that's something that sets us apart from from some, from some of the other guys out there they're just looking to get yeah. as quick a return on their investment as possible so those
0: are very good points like quality is super important but the word you use for sustainable sales like not yeah. just like one and done like oh we had a great march right and now we're out for three months or maybe longer right because the supply chain is all fucked up
1: now right like, and not for nothing. We, having
0: something consistently
1: out there. Yeah. And and getting that consistency going is actually tricky, especially when we were, you know, we've been building this brand without having a home base necessarily. Mm-hmm. We've been using other people's spaces, which is another way to keep our overheads low, which is great, especially when you're spending so much money on inventory. Um, and we had to do it that way. Um, but it's also tricky because now you're in a highly regulated industry. You're, your you know so many other people <laughs> yes I knew it was gonna happen you made it happen I'm a spy through. for them they want yeah. they wanted they brought me I in I got nothing to, to hide buddy we are guys. totally legit yeah. you know and especially since last well last March we were supposed to move in all construction got shut down in Brooklyn so we weren't able to get our licenses over the line mm-hmm. until August and so it was almost like six months delay in that um, and of course, no one was rushing around like, "Oh, please get your tasting room open as yeah. quickly as possible," because everyone was just locked down and fearing for like their run lives. Run a hose out to the street. And yeah, like shoot exactly. shots down. And that's the way to do it. Good God! You know, and we had, we had thought about. I was like, "Well, how are we going to do this? We're on the hook for rent. We um, we can't open the tasting room to the general public. You know, what are we going to do? We I considered um, releasing a ready-to-drink cocktail." Uh, mm-hmm because that's something that we could technically sell from the tasting room to go yeah. and the law had been re- relaxed at the time to allow that for, for, for craft solutions to do that since then it's been tightened back up again. So in a way, I'm glad we didn't go down that, right. that road, it would have taken a lot of resources away from potentially our core, um, mission right. of making Fort Hamilton whiskeys, um, you know, great. It would have been
0: nice if they just left that one alone though.
1: Oh yeah, sure. You so, know, yeah, yeah. Being able to ship to, to um, I mean, who, customers. Who are we hurting, really, with that? I, I don't I mean, know. That's, right. that's, that's, that's another, so that's another a, episode another, right there. Another philosophical that's question. That is a long yeah, episode. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think ultimately that's the other thing, too, is like when you're in a business, you've got to look at, you know, the ground shifts, and you've got to be ready to, to, mm-hmm. to move on it, too. Um, so, yeah, looking at other pathways to market, um, such as internet sales, which we've, we've focused on quite heavily. And so if you go to the website now, you'll find that we can ship your products anywhere in America, which is a new thing for us. Yep. Then, of course, because of that functionality, we um, now have the ability to, to drop a marketing campaign out there, which can say, click this button to buy Fort Hamilton whiskey. And well, then all of a sudden, at, that all makes sense, right? There's a reason that we've done it that way. Um, but again, these these didn't happen overnight. These are, these are, these are relationships we've had to build with other retailers and, and, um, and And, understand the pathways to market. And somewhere by force, (laughs) like you wouldn't have gone down that, would you have taken that path otherwise? um, Not not as quickly as as I did. Uh, Absolutely not. I mean, I think eventually any business is going to maximize its potential by getting all the avenues to, to market open. Um, but to do it as quickly as we have, it's probably a bit unique. Um, and we also sort of looked at other states as well. We opened up Kentucky um, last year in California, which are actually going really well for us. Um, and uh, but the problem is we haven't. We, we only just got to visit Kentucky, which is you know you've got to kind of have boots on the ground in yeah. these states too. So um, we sort of we, we took a sort of a different view on it, and, and instead of just being really reactive to um, COVID and just coming out with like an RTD cocktail format and getting that to market as quickly as possible because people weren't allowed to go to to bars and restaurants. So it would make sense that you could provide them that in a liquor store environment. But a lot of other people were doing the same thing too. Yeah. But then all of a sudden you're just one of a number of people in that crowded marketplace. And actually what I did do was decide actually here's what we're going to do. We're going to actually bring our bourbon out. So We'll get to that in a bit, but ultimately that was my core mission last year was get the bourbon it, out there.
0: And you still had you were still doing wholesale. You were still selling yes. But the especially the,
1: locally to locally, yeah. Um, I mean, and liquor stores were cleaning up. <laughs> yeah, but all you know, so. being in food and beverage for, for a long time in the city, like working in bars and restaurants, I have great connections in that in that mm-hmm. realm. And that was one of our sort of superpowers actually having some great accounts, you know? So uh, Blue Hill, at Stone Barns is uh, with a house poor up there. We're in Jean-Georges, we're at Balthazar, we're at Bava, we're at Marea, we're at, you know, some great, great I, accounts I in I the city. Special. <laughs> I can't afford to eat any of them, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but um, the, no, you are you a special. <laughs> you are special. You get the special stuff. Yeah, I show yeah, up yeah. with special bottles for you. You know that. shirts And shirts. And hoodies soon. Check out the website. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean the, 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 the mix of of liquor store sales to um, bar and restaurant sales, which was you know around sixty five thirty five, mm-hmm. uh, suddenly went to like ninety five five. Yeah, um, and it's not because and it's not like we we we, we did start selling more in liquor stores, um, but it's not like we could add the same amount of liquor stores that we lost through through restaurant. Right. Um, there's just not that attrition. many attrition, first of there's, all. No, there's not that many. Um, but what we did do and I think this is important is prior to the um, pandemic happening we bought out the double barrel rye which is targeted for you know a sort of uh, a small batch entry level offering which isn't super expensive um, and, but it's still premium but mm. because the quality's there um, and it's targeted um, you know on, on the shelf kind of right around where Bullet is and th- having then two different price points available really worked for us yes. like that Saved our bacon during the pandemic because people are at home going, "Hey, I want a decent cocktail, but you know we can't get it from a from a restaurant." But I certainly know how to Google how do you make a Manhattan, and then go to the store and buy the ingredients. Um, gravitated towards that because it was like you know, uh, good enough that it's going to make a really great cocktail. Um, and but it's not a hundred dollar Manhattan. It's not a hundred dollar Manhattan, right? So which I um, love, but it's hard to do every day, right? So I think that having that that different price points then baked into our um, yeah. Strategy really paid off. Nice. Yeah. So instead of just like riding in one lane with one kind of price point, which is you're only able to attract a certain kind of customer, um, that you, On you're, either you're, end of the spectrum. You're missing. Right? Yeah, either way. Like if all you're doing if is it's a $20 bottle of whiskey, you're getting people that like $20 bottles of whiskey. If it's a $60 bottle of whiskey, you're getting that lot. But yeah. there's, you know, and there's occasionally there's movement between the two, but you know, you're actually almost in different sectors of the market. By, and it's hard to market for both.
0: Simultaneously,
1: yes. it's almost like a whole other budget. Yeah, but I think that's why doing what we do yeah. with the range that we have, where it's all under the same umbrella, is is sensible. And not for nothing, we back in the day when I was like, well, we want to come out with this other style of, of whiskey that's uh, you know really accessible and is able to be used in cocktails, but still drinks wonderfully by itself. Should that be under a different brand name? And we did an exploration of that, and um, ultimately decided that actually, no, it's going to be high-quality juice. It should run under the Fort Hamilton banner. Mm. It's just going to be a little bit um, lower priced. And the uh, the truth is if we had have gone under a different brand name, we would have doubled our marketing costs. Exactly. And we right. would have right. diluted our uh, focus uh, from the market or into the market, and that would have been a bad idea. Agreed. Lord knows I, I looked at it for a that
0: well, I looked at you, a lot of bad ideas. That's how we learn. Yeah, right. That's how we learn. Didn't,
1: didn't jump on it, but uh, I've been there know. for a few of those bad ideas.
0: <laughs> All right, we're going to take another break, everybody. Hang tight, grab a drink. We'll be back in just a few.
2: Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc.
0: Are you a cannabis enthusiast? A cannabis professional? or interested in entering the cannabis space. I'm Johnny Tsunami, and this is Planet Paco Lolo, a less taboo view. On our show, we will discuss the cannabis world through the perspective of various cannabis professionals. Tune in every Thursday evening, Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m., Talk Radio NYC, Planet Paco Lolo, a
2: less taboo view.
0: What? We're going oh to Fort Hamilton <clears throat> Distillery, where we are zooming in live today, Industry City, Brooklyn, with uh, the owner here, Alex Clark. And where are we going now? Well, so I asked you at the beginning of the show, that was my first intro, I didn't mess up today too, Pat put myself on the back, nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, three out of four ain't bad, right? Um, I asked you at the beginning, like you were, you know, you're putting this... You, idea together for selling this whiskey like why why would you do that and now i'm asking you again
1: why take over like, what's your square footage here this is fucking massive um it's relatively i think it's like 1750 for the um net square feet not net square The rent yeah net square feet rentable square feet is a bit higher right because the well we have common areas there's a big right, corridor right. out there so we and pay <clears> a ceiling. proportion so of that yeah, yeah. We have, there's a space down the hallway that we're considering leasing as well for extra barrel storage. Gotcha. Um, and the, the the entryway here, there's supposedly going to be tables and chairs there. So overspill from the bar can go into the hallway. Yeah. And nice. there's places. So like to 2,000 it.
0: plus square feet.
1: Yeah, if you and include then, hallways yeah. and stuff, yeah, then absolutely. Yeah, but it's more super, like 22, 23. Right, and these super like. duper high ceilings and everything. Um, yeah, big high ceilings of old industrial building. Uh, Ceilings are like 12 feet, 12 and a half feet tall. Um, And the floor is made from like 18 inches of concrete, which we know because we had to dig a floor trench drain. And that was an interesting (laughs) afternoon. Some of the fun of brick and mortar. Let's bust up an 18 inch deep concrete floor. Right. Um, But they are built to last. And the architecture here is actually kind of really cool and stunning. We actually took that window... Um, was one of the exterior windows Mm. that they've been replacing with double glazed windows to increase their energy efficiency. But we took one of their old windows that had been in there since the early 1900s and sandblasted it and put that in there. So we're kind of maintaining the integrity architecturally of Industry City, but being able to have a nice view of what's happening in the distillery at the same time. So the idea is if you come to the bar, you will get to be a part of the just so now experience. we're getting to the
0: answer. Like, well, yeah, why would you take this space on? You've got a working brand. You're distributing. You're wholesaling. And
1: like, this is so. This is a big expense. It's a massive expense, especially one that we haven't really been able to unlock the potential of for the last couple of years, mm. which has been interesting. Um, the The truth is that we looked at when when the pandemic happened or started, and everything shut down. I lost my job, at Maria. Um, it became clear that we weren't going to be open this tasting room anytime soon. Um, it kind of focuses the mind a little bit. So I looked at Raising Capital for the first time, which we did successfully a few months ago. Nice. Um, it took me a while to, well, build the deck. Actually, it took me about a month to build the deck, Very right? Late nights, as, as Amy will attest. I would just stay up there and, and start cranking away on Google Slides and and taught myself that and got into the business model more on, on Excel and taught myself that more. Oh, fun. And yeah, good times. And But ultimately, that's the best thing about the pandemic is there wasn't really anything else to do. So I was like, okay, let's let's really flesh this out. Let's figure out where we are and where we're going with this. It was all there. All the building blocks were there. It was just a question of how to get this on paper, how to express it accurately. And learning how to do a, a, a deck properly was actually a really good and, and beneficial part of this whole um pandemic situation so uh, part of that uh, exploration involved looking at people's income from their tasting rooms so it turns out if you look at the american craft distilling association website alongside uh discuss which is the distilled spirits council uh, and various other um publications out there um piecing all that information together Became clear that tasting rooms were actually a very large income-generating uh, portion of, of most craft distillers' business. Nice. Natural fact, yeah. over fifty percent of I their income that. comes from tasting rooms. Is what they're reporting, um, which is massive. Now we sort of the way that we're built, like with this more um, national ident- national sort of identity, as mm-hmm. opposed to just a mom and pop distillery. Like Fort Hamilton is built with a with an American story. Not just a Brooklyn story. Yes, we're in Brooklyn, and we're proud of that. We're also proud of being the original American whiskey, um, and so we wanted. We think that we're ultimately going to. Yeah, we we already are actually making more money, you know, out there than we do from the tasting room. Um, but once we get this up and running completely, um, you know, it's going to generate some some significant income for us because we're in Brooklyn. Obviously, the rent is higher but then the potential return on the investment is also higher because we have you know, a few million people on our doorstep.
0: And you're in this like distillery conglomerate here where you've got yes. Barrows ginger liqueur, you've got Wormwood is close by, right? Yeah, yeah they're right there,
1: yeah. standard Wormwood. You've got uh, the um, Brooklyn sake is downstairs. Mm-hmm. You've got Big Alice uh, brewing as well. So you could come to this courtyard and just have a really good time. <laughs> yes, get tanked. That's it. But I think what we're bringing to the party is a slightly different sensibility of, you know, I come from you know a, a cocktail background with the, the Milk and Honey guys and Eastside Company. And so we, we want to, and, you know, years at Balbazar, years at Moraya, I'm very much in tune with that classic cocktail style. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons that we focus on rye whiskey is because it's the base for all the great classics. So you'll find here, you'll find a more... Um, kind of an, an elevated cocktail experience I would say uh, in, uh, a bar, uh, in a bar in a tasting room of a distillery which isn't necessarily what you always find I right oftentimes it's like people that come from wall street saying oh I feel like uh, I'm, I'm done with wall street I've got lots of money let me go open the distillery we're coming from we've been bartending for years and and in the food and beverage scene for years don't have a lot of money but we know how to do it right. So um, we're kind of approaching it from a slightly different angle. And I think that gives us uh, an advantage. And so you'll see that once we uh, start making cocktails. Today? <laughs> Today, yeah. We're, we're doing cocktails right now. We have a, a barrel aged old fashioned that we do on the weekends. Oh, weekend. okay. <laughs> yeah. Now I see where you're going. Yeah, next break. Well, I'll, I'll pour... <laughs> um, c- can you stock like a full bar here? We can stock. Uh, we have uh, a commercial A1 distilling license and we have a New York Farm D license. So the farm license gives us the privilege to operate a tasting room Mm -hmm. adjacent to the distillery, um, so long as the products that we stock on the bar are made from at least 75% New York agricultural product. And so, because we make New York rye, New York bourbon, New York maple syrup, we're good to go, yeah. But I mean, Um, can you bring like
0: other cordials in, like can you? So
1: we're somewhat limited in that scope. Right. Um, So vermouth, for example, uh, we use Method Vermouth, uh, which is a new brand out of New York, which is absolutely delicious. Right. So the beauty is that as the craft distilling scene has um, matured over the last uh, 15 years or so in New York, um, you're seeing more products come out that are competitive with some of their sort of more traditional counterparts. So right. um, finding a, a great New York Vermouth to use is key. And has always been a bit of an issue for craft distilleries yeah. that are trying to operate a decent Cocktail program, so yes, we can use that. We have Amaro's now coming out of New York, which are delicious. I was just My say boy that. Patrick Thatcher Brudo's doing great work, and um,
0: uh, and even the the bitters like from um, San Agresti's, like yes. his Amaro. I mean, the uh, well, he doesn't Amaro,
1: but his Inferno, yeah, which kind of straddles like the right. Campari, you get, you Aperol, can, exactly. So you get that vibe going on too. So, so you have with to use that, that kind of stuff. Yes, exactly. But that's actually where that might have been a hindrance ten years ago. Yeah right yeah. now it's great. great it's great and it forces you to be a little bit more creative um, with local ingredients yeah. and you, you know.
0: know that's my thing
1: yeah I love it um, and, uh, and and
0: you're already a, a premium brand so it doesn't it's not gonna affect you in terms of like nobody's gonna come here and, and be blown away because of the price because everything you're doing deals in that. In that, like, if you're making if you're making drinks with those products, is a little bit more expensive than if you were, you know, you had um, like Southern's portfolio and you could just extract.
1: Well, we, yeah, I mean, obviously, we have accounts with Southern and Empire, um, but we only are extracting New York stuff right. from those accounts. Um, that being said, you look at the price of Campari; it's thirty oh, yeah. bucks a bottle, whatever it might be from distribution. It's not cheap, right? Um, and so using an Inferno bit or whatever it does make it's the same. It's yeah. the same price, but with so, like
0: some of the vermouths and stuff like that.
1: Well, that's the thing. In... The method vermouth is uh, from from the distributors like fifteen bucks a bowl. Right. It's it's the same price as just a little bit more than Dolan. right? But it's that's, it's actually yeah. a better quality vermouth, right? And it's less than Antica. So basically, it's the perfect solution. Everything is, <laughs> yeah. Well, what isn't right? Um, but it's actually a really good solution right. so to have that. That actually that vermouth is the final like. Uh, piece of the puzzle for building a new york cocktail. now we box. just need a new york tequila <laughs> well yes uh, some some bright sparks and now we it. get to talk about the ttb yeah? okay here you go <laughs> keep going back to this i'm uh, just kidding
0: i have to <laughs> have to keep you on your toes um so the goal will be to like have like a a, a full-fledged cocktail menu yeah highlighting
1: Highlighting um, 400 spirits right. um, with uh, tweaks from other New York brands. So we have a Sazerac that we, we offer um, when we're doing our private events currently, which is made with our New York single barrel rye, made with New York apple jack, which is apple brandy mm-hmm. from Barking Irons. Um, Great stuff. Uh, little Bay shows, bitters, a little absinthe that the guys from Standard World would make. I was going to ask. Delicious. Yeah. You
0: know, My buddy just brought me one of the their uh, Amaros, and I was just like,
1: It's good. What is this? It's so crazy. Yeah, they
0: they, fun cocktails.
1: Yeah, they're pretty esoteric guys. They uh, they do do nice work. Yeah. So you know, we we basically recreated a a sazerac, but with New York ingredients, and it's absolutely delicious. Banging. Yeah, Yeah. completely banging. So you can think that plus plus more. You know, and then obviously we've got these incredible products to work with already. we We will talk about in a minute. Yes, we will. We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. In just a minute. So come right back,
0: and we'll uh, we'll wrap up with some products information about the tasting room uh, and where you can get in touch with Alex or learn more about Fort Hamilton. We'll see you in just a minute, everybody.
2: Hey, everybody! it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. UK time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world.
0: Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? everybody we're wrapping it up today we're again in uh fort hamilton distillery in industry city here in brooklyn new york with my man alex clark the owner old friends old drinking buddies (laughs) let's talk about product now what do you have i mean you pointed out some really great things about how it's important to always have something out but like rye (laughs) has been hard to keep to keep the steady uh even the even the best rye producers have struggled to keep their product on the shelf so let's talk about your diverse portfolio and offering.
1: Diversity, yes. So our original product was the Fort Ham a Single Barrel Rye. Single barrel meaning it's, um, we take one barrel at a time, we bottle that barrel individually, and then move on to the next barrel. So it's always unique. You're always going to get something slightly different uh, with a different kind of twist on it each time you open one of these bottles, which is fun. And it's, you know, single barrel format is where, some of the best whiskies in the world are found. Um, so that's why we wanted to do that and sort of lean into kind of diversity. And not for nothing, each batch that we do, I think we're up to batch 12 now, um, is um, gets a little bit older too. So we are really excited now that we're around four years old on this guy. 90% New York State rye grain, 10% malted barley, also from New York State, um, and then aged in a 30-gallon barrel for around four years. Bottled at 90 proof. Delicious. If you want an amazing Manhattan, you want an amazing old fashioned, that will do it for you. Um, So that was our original product. We then came out with a, uh, at the end of 2019, we came out with a double barrel rye, which is our small batch offering. So single barrel meaning one barrel at a time, small batch, meaning we probably make about 600, 700 bottles at a time, like three or four barrels, which I I blend down together uh, Mm -hmm. to create um, the uh, double barrel. Style double barrel because I'm using two different barrels in there. We're using 90% rye, 10% malted barley in a 30-gallon barrel, and then we're using 95 rye, five malted barley in a 53-gallon barrel. Mashing that together to create a double barrel, um, and we do this at a very competitive price point. You're going to find this on the shelf, uh, just under 40 bucks generally, around the 40-dollar mark. Um, then, uh, like we were talking about earlier, you know, the reaction to COVID was, "Oh my God," <laughs> then okay, what are we going to do about all this? Um, And we have been laying down significant amounts of bourbon for a while in New York, um, but we haven't released any in a single barrel format yet, although you can expect to see that next year. Okay. Um, But what we have done is released a double barrel bourbon. So this came out right at the end of 2020 um, as a, you know, screw you COVID situation. Um, We wanted to get into the market with bourbon uh, bourbon is the biggest selling whiskey in america yeah. um it outsells rye about 20 cases to one um currently but we're here to change that for sure uh, and we are changing that um rice growing very I mean, it's... steadily it's booming <laughs> night
0: and day compared to 15 years ago yeah
1: right i mean it wouldn't move 15 years 15 ago.
0: years ago you would have like three rye, no yeah on well, the shelf and like 25 bourbons and no one cared yeah no yeah. one cared about rye. And now like the one old crusty guy would come in and buy it right
1: but now people are rediscovering the classic cocktails and rediscovering rye as this original whiskey style of America and we're kind of leading the charge on that one. That being said, business is business. And if you're not in the <laughs> bourbon game in America, you're not necessarily in the game. <laughs> the whiskey game. Yeah. Right? yeah, so we wanted to be in the whiskey game, but we wanted to, in the bourbon game, sorry, but we wanted to uh, make a bourbon that kind of spoke to our roots as a rye whiskey focused company and as a New York company. So we made a high rye double barrel bourbon, which is super exciting because uh, it's a bourbon that if you use it in uh, a cocktail, actually has this rye backbone to it as well, which means it stands up to everything. So for those of you out there that might be rye curious, you can use that. (laughs) Um, You can have a bourbon, but you can have one with a higher rye content, which means that it really has presence in a cocktail more than your average bourbon. Kentucky's done bourbon great, and they've also done some poor bourbon over the last 100 years or so, and we didn't want to add anything to that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, in Kentucky, like a high rye bourbon is considered about 18%. This guy right here is around 30, 32, oh, 33%. That's a, yep. that's a lot of rye. Yep. Um, and we've taken from the corn uh, portion of the mash bill, added to the rye portion. So you get really quite a, an interesting uh, hybrid style of, of bourbon, which has this unique rye content there.
0: And the rest is... Uh... <laughs> barley in that also, or are you doing some other grains?
1: Malted barley, yeah. yeah. So there's malted barley in there too, which gives you a nice old cocoa finish, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great bourbon, it's a wonderful, unique New York style. Bourbon with New York attitude, It's the way I like to think about it. Um, then we came out with the um, calf strength uh, rye whiskey, which is,
0: yes, that's where it's at.
1: So when I dreamed up this crazy cap scheme a few years ago, <laughs> I wanted to recreate that essential style um, that was around 100 years ago. So to do it, 56, 58.5, percent, that's 117 proof, and um, we're barreling everything at 120. And over the years, this is four and a half years old. Over that time in a barrel, proof can go up, proof can go down. You're always going to get less out than you put in, significantly less. Um, But what happens is the flavors intensify as the angel share happens, and as the whiskey oxidates slightly, so oxidizes. So, we are um, uh, really happy with the way this is showing. I was tasting with um, uh, Danny, the head distiller from Barton 1792, the other day. He hmm. was blown away. Nice. He couldn't believe that this came out of a 30 gallon barrel. Um, so, we're really wow. showing people the potential of New York rye whiskey with this guy. Um, and it's uncut, it's unfiltered. This is available from the website, uh, Um and you, know, you can check F-O-R-T, out. F-O-R-T, right? F-O-R-T. I always
0: fuck this up, and I put F-T, and I, it doesn't Well, no, yeah. that's just
1: lazy. I know. Yeah. <laughs> F-O-R-T Hamilton, yes. <laughs> um, then, just now, just last weekend, we bought out our first bourbon barrel-aged maple syrup. Boom! Boom. Like who doesn't want that on their pancakes or in their old fashions my god we are doing barrel aged maple old fashions now on the weekend down here at the tasting room which is open friday saturday sunday check out our hours at paulhampton.com you can book a tour Uh, come visit us Uh, we do a beautiful tour Uh, We talk about the history of whiskey in in america history of industry city um, the history of rye in general how we make the whiskey you can uh, taste whiskey straight from the barrel. You can taste whiskey straight from the still. So unaged whiskey, full car-strength barrel whiskey. Clear. and then clear Clear, smell. that good stuff, just the way you like it. Um, and then we also let you bottle your own bottle of whiskey, which you can then uh, take with you at the end of the tour if you want. Um, so, yeah, FortHalveson.com, you can book online there. Um, but the barrel-aged maple syrup is fun because it also means that now I have barrels that, once were emptied for bourbon, refilled, maple syrup then when they're emptied of maple syrup i'm refilling them with rye whiskey Mm -hmm. so we're gonna have new york uh maple finished rye whiskey and that's organic new york maple syrup so just real quick because i don't want to eat up too much time but this is like a
0: legit like ttv question how does that repurpose barrel work because typically like just to label it rye it has to be in brand new Right charred but if you
1: if you've already qualified it as a rye because you've aged it for like in this case 4 years in an American heavily charred brand new white oak barrel mm-hmm. it's a rye whiskey at that point gotcha then you have to submit a new label which says rye whiskey finished in a maple syrup cask or something along those lines um, at that point and then you have to submit a formula to the TTB showing what it is that you've mixed together so basically we put rye whiskey in this oak barrel, um, and we've, uh, which had formerly had maple syrup in it. So it becomes almost like a blend at that point, right? So yeah. Ultimately, they just want to know what ingredients we use to create this new style.
0: But that's the, the workaround is it has to be rye. You couldn't take brand new free run, throw it in the maple syrup barrel, and call no, it a rye whiskey. That is in correct. In a maple barrel, no. that would not.
1: It could be called whiskey distilled from a rye mash or something like that. Right. But that is a much lower classification, which involves...
0: And a, not, lot, and a lot
1: more words. <laughs> yes, it is. We want to keep it streamlined. Um, yeah. So, no, we, we don't want to do that. We want to use the best ingredients we possibly can. So we we make that rye totally complete, mm. and then we're putting a spin on it. Most people would, like, they're going to finish something with maple syrup. It means they would use an inferior product to do that. We, we don't want to do that. We want to swing for the fences. We want this to be the best damn maple-finished rye whiskey you've ever tasted. Boom! So that's the way we do it. Nice.
0: Yeah. Uh, address is 6834th Street, correct? correct? Yes. In Brooklyn, uh, Industry City, check it out. FortHamilton.com, F O R T. Yes. Uh, social media,
1: fort.hamilton.distillery.
0: On Instagram, and you're on Facebook as well. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.
1: And we are on Twitter. Yeah,
0: I found you. you That's you, actually you, FT.hamilton. You don't put shit up there, but I found you. <laughs> <laughs> I, got time. I tagged you. I was yeah. like, all right, he's, he's, <laughs> at least it's there. <laughs> I didn't
1: even know Twitter was still a thing.
0: Twitter's great. I love Twitter. Uh, so check it out, Fort Hamilton, uh, you know, distillery, all their different offerings, uh, online and everything, but, you know, Alex has got great advice too. I've watched this play out, uh, from day one and seen this brand grow. And it's, it's always fun to see. I love, I love the story. I love to hear the tale of, uh, catching the big fish. And, uh, yeah, he's got great insights. If, if you're interested in just like getting your thing off the ground, too, come have a drink with him and chat with him. Please do. He's a wonderful fellow. I still think he's going to try to overthrow the, the country. But it's just, <laughs> I don't think
1: you nice. need any help with nice
0: that. <laughs> Damn. And with that, we're out, guys. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks. <laughs> it's true.